Hey, this is Bill Lambusta from Collectors Assemble, a superhero trading card podcast. And you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the... Hang on a minute. I'm going to stop for a sec, because when I was listening to last the recording i thought my levels were a bit boomy and i know on zoom it's um let me have a look yeah let me just turn them down a touch how am i sounding am i sounding okay you sound clear over here yeah yeah good no i was i was peaking too much on the um uh, part one of the um oh. questions and answers i was listening to so i think um i had it hmm. set a bit high then mind. right let's start that again Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. He's the other knife to my fork, the salt to my pepper, and the ying to my yang. It's Norin Rad. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And that's because we go together like two peas in a pod. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. Makes it sense to me. It it's is. nice. It's, it's audio crazy sp- in this pod. <laughs> audio spooning. Audio spooning. You smell nice. I just want to put that out there. Bless you. Bless you. It's the it's the dove <laughs> that I use. Um, uh, audio spooning because that's exactly what we've been doing with our friends at the Collectors Assemble podcast. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so this is uh, part two of uh, an interview that we did with them. Um, was it a month ago or so back now? I can't remember. Wow, was it that long ago? It, yeah, oh it, was, it was a while back. Um, I've been to sleep since then. I know that much. Um, <laughs> it was a blast. It was a fun it, time. It, it was. So much so that when I was listening to part one, I, I actually had forgotten all the stuff we talked about, and I was listening to it and thinking, <laughs> you know what? We actually sound like we know what we're talking about. That's always a benefit. <laughs> it's always a plus. <laughs> I know you don't often listen back to them. But, no, uh, but, no, but, but I'm to... glad I'm making sense to somebody. Yeah, you were making perfect sense. Um, oh. So uh, so I guess, you know, without further ado, should we um, We should probably yeah. kind of carry on with it. Um, I think we should. For our, the for listeners, listeners get into it. Um, so part one, if you haven't heard part one, hop over to Collectors Assemble, Um available at all good podcast providers um they're um they're great guys who run that podcast although we only managed to speak to bill who's kind of the the, the main squeeze uh, of the free and um and where we left it he was about to tell us on his choice of character that's that he right decided to go for um and i'm i'm, I'm uh, i was listening back to it and i was, like, oh, I was quite excited um and um <laughs> and um so yeah so um brace yourself folks for part two of our crossover with collectors assemble and enjoy collecting guys I think so far I've picked a character that has probably the least amount of uh, cards out there to be my character, <laughs> which is uh, Sleepwalker. Oh, good one. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, yes. Sleep. That's, a good, that's one. a good one. Uh, I mean, because uh, as a poor young man, uh, I used to go into the comic shop uh, and, you know, and I'd go I'd go right to the dollar bin. You know, it's like I'd buy whatever X-Men comic was on the wall 
and then go to the dollar bin and buy whatever was in the dollar bin. <laughs> and I started picking up the Sleepwalker set and I have like a good two thirds of, you know, the 33 issues, um, you know, sitting in a box. And, uh, and I, and I, I have found a way to bring up Sleepwalker in every single episode of this podcast. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Bob, as we call him, will be absolutely thrilled because that was his baby. Bob Budiansky. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was his Bob Budiansky. <laughs> And and I love I love that he's in all of the sets from the nineties. I'm guessing partly because because Bob was the the editor for those sets, and he's like, yeah, yeah. please put my character potentially, in there now. potentially. Um, I tell yeah. I tell you I tell I you when, doubt it. I tell you I'm I'm the same. This is why I've got such a big uh, affinity for New Universe because that was the affordable <laughs> one to go after mm. Mm. Um, when I was building up my collection as a student. And the New Universe titles, I, absolutely love them. I have never read a single issue of new universe <laughs> that's okay many people haven't yeah well i mean <laughs> it, deep, it was deep cut yeah it was also before my time you know it's uh yeah granted you know i also don't have any milestone or um i'm trying to think of the 90s things although i do have a lot of defiant comics oh uh, okay wow i haven't thought about that in a while Holy yeah hell. yeah jim shooters but wow. what's yeah. third <laughs> third time at bat as editor-in-chief jeez um yeah uh, I, I have quite a bit of those which is amusing um so so what are your guys uh you used the term before holy grail items but what are you i mean what, what's your favorite item that you have in your collection or items that you have in your collection what's the one that like you were like man i got this it's so amazing Oh shit! Well, no, no, no one's no one's collection pretty much fits in that case you can see behind him there. So, <laughs> so yeah, chances are it's, it's, case. it's in there. Um, I guess it, while no one's digging in there, I'm just going to uh, uh, take a swing of that. <laughs> don't, you don't out me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking because 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 that that question is with modern collecting it kind of has a slightly different spin on it because there's so many areas that you can encompass like uh, for example nowadays a master rainbow could be considered to include the original artwork or preliminary artwork mm. for that card um, which kind of makes it um makes it a, a bigger thing than just the card um but yeah, I mean, no, I mean that's a tough one for you because I can see you, I can see you gazing over your <laughs> empire there, <laughs> trying to think. Is that it? He's having such a hard time of it. He's not even looking at the cards yet. He's just deciding where to look. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, he was bastards. You know what? Mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, do I look in row one, row two, row? Yeah. Where, where, where should? Oh man, yeah. it'll be a while. <laughs> no, I actually I have it. I know which one it is. I have a feeling I know. Which one it's going to be as well? I mean, for for me, it's my it's my Sleepwalker sketch card that I got uh, that I bought off of eBay. <laughs> Who buy? I want to see that. Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I have to I have to look it up. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what set? What set? Right you now, what set? Uh, it's from uh, uh, Marvel Annual 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ooh. decent stock. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, and that's cool, man. Uh, it, it was it was the best it was the best Sleepwalker art that like I found definitely like cool. it was, you know th- there were probably like four or five that I found of mm-hmm. like sketch cards of him, and uh, mm-hmm. and that was the best one. And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this one first because you know I love that. That's the best way to do it, man. That's how I started too. I was like, all right, let's dive into sketch cards. And I just went through everything of eBay. And I was like, <laughs> what surfer do I like the best? Oh, um, about it. So for me, okay, so I'm going to throw a curveball here because um, it, it is very hard to pick a favorite type of thing. So there are sketch cards that I'm absolutely obsessed with, but there's a card that's just a regular base card that happens to have like probably my favorite silver surfer art for trading cards or like very close to my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just love the card so much. It's from Marvel onslaught ultra Marvel onslaught set. And it's Jim Lee drawing the surfer. Oh, wow. And a lot of people don't realize that, but what, what year is that from? 1997 I want to say yeah and Jim Lee Lee showed up to draw a silver surfer that's amazing that's sick that's beautiful that's uh yeah that that's great no it's 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 I really love it I think it's just fun I just think it's so (laughs) fun so yeah I I made a hard decision Booyah. That, that, that was a tough one. I, I thought you were going to pull out your um, your very f- – because you, you still have the Marvel Universe card of Surfer that started you off. You still have that original card, dog yeah, I, got, and I got my 92 original. <laughs> so that is that is the that is the OG that, that that kind of got you going from when you were when you were a wee lad. When you were a wee lad in the back streets of Miami. It's in terrible condition. Oh, that was <laughs> no. terrible accent. Um, that, that's quite, is, uh, we'll, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you. Um, I'm just looking at your sleep wall because it's on your um, Instagram feed, um, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I, found, I, found the, uh, I found the artist name. Uh, Soriano. Yeah, yeah. Brian mm. Soriano. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's Which, good. And I think he has... I think he has another one too that he posted on his Instagram, but I haven't seen it for, or maybe someone tagged him. Um, Oh yeah, you got to be careful of that, man. You don't want to yeah. know what the others, the well, other ones look you, like you, that you can't you find. Ta- you tagged him yourself on the on the posts, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the answer of that. I'm just looking at it here. Um, but um, wait, but, no, is, his stuff is amazing. Is this you guys? You guys aren't Marvel masterpieces collectors, right? Yes. That is you guys. Yes. So well, you well, you yeah. have. So you have yes, yeah. uh, that. So you have this other piece of art. <laughs> uh, well, I I don't uh, know. It, I no. Don't oh, but no. you posted it. Yeah, yeah. People can. You, so on on the um, at MM Collectors feed, what I do is I I in in the Facebook group every day I post Monday to Saturday I post an original card one of one of the one of the cards from any oh, of the okay. series on a sunday i do a sketch but i ask people to submit sketches for that oh okay so people will send in so yeah it's probably a sketch submission yeah because this, was a, this was a this was a repost by uh pjs with sleepy is the instagram that oh. uh they they they're dedicated to sleepwalker <laughs> oh wow okay oh Interesting. I like your sleepwalker card. Sleepwalker card a lot, man. That like rolling vortex in the background is yeah, sick. Yeah, man. that's cool. I was uh, 
because there was there were two other ones uh, that I recall. Uh, one I think was just like his his head basically, and then the other mm-hmm. one was a like redoing of the ninety two or ninety three masterpieces card, where it was like a mm, sketch yes. that was of that card. Yeah, um, and that card didn't look that great to begin with, so I was like, yeah, I don't really want that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the I've got the I've got the regular card. That's fine. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Um, so so Ian, oh, have yeah. you have well, you said your oh your, your goody on. I mean, it could uh, be a couple. Not you that know. easy, is it? It is. No, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Um, Black Cat, and this is where. Sorry, Noren. Apologies for this. There's the case oh, getting open. I have to hear this briefcase oh. one more time. Uh, one more He's time. He's opening this thing all the time. I am. <laughs> I know, it's because I love it. It's one of two. Um, so it's not. It's not an original item. Um, I have in here. Oh my good on. I've got a couple of rainbows where I've got all four printing plates from a set mm. um and that's obviously a very very tough thing to obtain i suspect yeah. um, because i imagine a lot of people don't put the printing plates out there as up for grabs well they, yeah. they do if they're not into it or if they're buying to resell type of thing um but <laughs> do, i have, do you have to like track it down it's like friend of a friend to be like yeah you know anybody who has this and then i got one of the benefits of the group. social security numbers i track down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but seriously this is one of the one of the reasons why the group works because we you know we yeah. do look out for each other you know by and large there are you know, there are some people in the group who are just completely out for themselves and don't give a flying monkeys, but you'll have that kind of person mm-hmm. in all walks of life. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> there are enough people in the group who who help each other out and help other character collectors and will spot stuff on eBay and will send other people a link and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so you know, people do have each other's backs on that, which is, which is you know, this hobby wouldn't be possible for me if the internet didn't exist and if you know, we hadn't done this. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'd all be struggling a little bit more to get our cards. But um, so that's Marvel Annual 2018-19. My, my webcam's not brilliant. That's all four plates. Yeah. And um, oh, wow. there, there, there were only actually, there was an SP card, which I've got there, but I've got four of them, one to go in each corner just to fill out the page, and then there was a color wheel in the middle. <laughs> um, so that's that's a full rainbow from annual 2018-19 but the other one would be Flew Ultra Spider-Man 2017 I've got all it is is an absolutely stunning card and I, I can't actually show you the um the original artwork for it because it's it's not not to hand but um I do have the original artwork and it's by KO Cacao um that's the card and it's stunning. Um, nice. The original artwork is just uh, black and white because he scans it and finishes it digitally. Um, mm. So this doesn't exist as a piece of artwork physically apart from... Who's, when it who's the artist? Um, K.O. Cacao is his name. He's a South American oh, artist. Okay. Um, and he did a lot of work. In- he's worked on a few sets, actually. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. He's very much a go-to. He is, he is brilliant. Um, but because Fleer Spider-Man was, was a challenging uh, minx, to, to say the least, um, it's taken... It, I only actually recently finished this chase just about two weeks before Fleer Spider-Man sold out on EPAC, which was about two months ago now. Congratulations. 
but there was um so you've got the base card then you've got a web foil parallel of that card and then on epac you could combine 10 of the base cards to get a silver version of the base card and then you could combine 10 of those which equals 100 base to get a um a rainbow parallel of the base card so okay so that that i I did a little while back but the web foil parallel you can also combine 10 of those to get a silver web foil and then a hunt and then 10 of those, so 100 of the web foils, to get a rainbow web foil. Now, the rainbow web foil parallel chase is possibly one of the toughest chases. Uh, it's, it's up there, isn't it, Norin? I, I, there aren't many EPAC chases. That oh, are, yeah. That are at it's, that a, level. it's like top five. Um, it's probably one of the hardest chases to do for like an EPAC achievement yeah. com- combination thing. Yeah. It's definitely like. At least top three, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's really tough because the the web foils um, f- fall. I mean, I don't think you even get them one per pack. I mean, actually, no, I think you you don't. Yeah, so someone worked out the odds that of any particular character because it's a hundred card base set plus there's parallel inserts and each of them have a web foil variant. For that particular character, you're looking at X number of cases for it to pop up, and then you need a hundred of yeah. them on EPAC. Um, you, so you, there's no point in getting them physically. You can't mail them in anywhere. You have to get them on impact and combine them. And I recently finished that. So I now have the, the base card, the silver uh, base card, the rainbow base card, the web foil, the silver web foil, the rainbow web foil, the gold web foil autograph uh, signed by KO, which is there. You can just about see his signature there. So the gold web foil is, is tremendous. Um, mm. And I have two of the printing plates of the four, and I have the original art. Wow. So it would be that that particular artwork of that character, um, I think. You're such a better collector than I am. <laughs> I, I was about to say show off. Well, no, no, no. You put the work I, in for that, man. Like, uh, I showed a well, base card. Go screw yourself. Well, we, all, we all do. <laughs> no, one thing, one thing I'm going to say, and this is, this, is, this is without meaning to be overly serious, um, the one thing that we do really strive to do is that there's no such thing as a better collector. I mean, it's like everyone collects differently, mm-hmm. and I think we had um, we had Mike uh, Phillips, who's who's pretty senior at Upper Deck. He's the executive vice president of well, the world. I think um, is his job title. He um, he he, <laughs> he said it he, he said it very succinctly: um, collect what you like and collect what you can afford. So you know, and mm-hmm. some people, you know, some people. There's one guy, bless him. He was on our 69th episode, uh, <laughs> Captain 69. He goes after cards serial numbered 69. Oh wow, that's his thing. <laughs> you should you should have seen Ian and I before we had that interview. Ian and I was like, "This is either going to go really wrong, or this guy's going to be down to earth and just a weird dude." <laughs> it <was> really fun. <laughs> he was hilarious. He's he's really fun. He was great. Yeah. He was great. No, he was super awesome. What a trip. That's uh, that's really unique. Uh, I feel like I need to pick something like that, you know, like that. That I feel like a base sets and then one particular thing that nobody else does. That's what. <laughs> yeah, that seems fun, like the man. right path for me. But that's the thing. There are it's so fun, many man. different ways you can you can approach it, though. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've long yeah we've long brought this up on the podcast that if I had the money and all the, the time and inclination, I'd probably start a separate collection of cards of comic front cover artwork because oh. so many sets have mm. them and it's a really satisfying mm. and it's not 
you know, in a lot of cases, it's not actually that expensive to get them. Um, most of the MCU mm-hmm. sets that Upper Deck have put out have had a nine or X number of cards insert that will have, so for example, the Infinity War movie um, set had an insert where you had um, three insert sets and, and that each of them had the front covers of each of the Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, and in, uh, I can't remember mm. what one was. Um, covers. Infinity, Infinity Crusade. That's it. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, well nice. done. Top of the class. Brown, brown, uh, brown, <laughs> brownie points. Um, and But you can have them hey, as you're, you're talking my wheelhouse. Mid-90s, yeah. uh, you know, unnecessarily collectible uh, number one <laughs> yeah. comics. I love yeah. them. Come on. But, but, you know, and, and a lot of people, and this is a real area that people don't, you know, they're were some sets in the uh, there was one in the mid 80s and then it had a sequel in the early 90s of marvel superhero first covers but then you get sets like marvel beginnings and they had an insert set mm. of breakthrough mm. issues and these are just amazing i mean look at yeah them. oh well, i've lovely. said so many times i i would just i i want trading cards of just you know comic book covers just yeah. entire sets every year just yeah. give them to me like, yeah. give me the best covers from the past, you know, however many years comics have been around, 90, 80 years. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> Jeez, they're beautiful. Yeah. And you can do it. I mean, no, I'm scrolling they're, through they're beautiful, here. beautiful, man. And for that set, too, for, they're beautiful. Yeah, I'm scrolling through here, and I'm looking at Uncanny 141. Um, I'm looking at um, <laughs> Brotherhood of Evil M- 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 Mutants, um, issue four of X-Men, Daredevil first bullseye, Marvel premiere featuring Iron Fist, the original Marvel spotlight Ghost Rider first appearance. It, it, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning that you can just be scrolling through these. And, you, you know, you, can't, you know, very few people can afford to own all these books, even in low grades these days. So um, mm-hmm. that's a very satisfying kind of side quest that I'd love to start at some point. Oh. Speaking of the cost of those, uh, one of my favorite things is in the Marvel Universe Series 1, the 1990s set, they have the most valuable comics <laughs> cards. Yeah. Have you looked at the values on the back? Uh, uh, the not recently, but I'm sure like, quite, quite impressive. Let me. You're like, I, I, and I mean, even accounting for inflation, it's very low, very low <laughs> compared to today. Well, uh, I think Uncanny yeah. X-Men was like $1,000. Like Uncanny X-Men number wow. one was like a thousand. It was like value $1,000. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it'd go for much more than that nowadays. Even at that time, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just scrolling through my binder wow. here. My goodness, they've got giant. I forgot that they did that on the back. That's awesome. Giant size X-Men 1, $95 near mint. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have three of those. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I'd spend $95 on that. $95. (laughs) I'll buy that for a dollar, as they said in the old um, uh, Robocop movie. It's just brilliant. But I love cards with comic covers on. Yeah, me too. It's brilliant. Uh, Great series. Because I, I wish they did that more. I wish they did that more. It's it's something that I'm just like, yeah, that's that's the best. Well, that's the thing they uh, do. That's the thing they do. You know, I mean, Marvel Annual, the last, um, well, the 1920 series, which I think is the one that you got. It's the one that just came out. Um, yeah, it's the one had, that, that I've got the most of at the moment. Yeah. Um, so they had number one spot was the um, mm-hmm. insert set in there. Um, mm-hmm. I know because Black Cat, um, her, verse, her verse solo series uh, issue one was there as well as as well as house of x powers of x um front mm-hmm. cover and that that's a little side quest i could quite happily go on because i loved that series <laughs> um but um but 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 the previous year and uh, the previous year's marvel annuals i think marvel annual 
2016, I think it was Civil War Two. So you had a 40 card insert set with all the covers from all the main and mm-hmm. crossover issues. Um, I yeah, think was, I did that on EPAC, yeah. and I got not a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so many of them that I was like, oh man, it'd take me a long time to get all of these. Oh man, yeah, I've got, I've got yeah. some. Yeah, feel free to pillage mine. Eh? <laughs> you can, you can oh, have don't them. Worry about it. Um, but, um, but the um, and the, they did them for. Um, Secret Invasion, I think they did some for, or um, mm-hmm. I can't remember. No, um, Secret Wars or something. Oh, pass. Modern Marvel series because they started rebooting it so many times. I've just got to lost the plot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how many times well, did there was Secret see, Wars? Well, Secret Wars was twenty fifteen, and Secret Invasion was I don't remember when that was. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, Infinity Wars, plural. That's yeah, the yeah. one in, that was in Marvel Annual 2018-19. Um, yeah, that sounds right, timeline-wise. And, um, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> how many times... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how many times can you do a secret war if it was no longer secret, is my, I guess is my, my question. Surely people would have heard <laughs> about it doing? by now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the first rule, first rule secret war is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't talk about secret yeah, war. Anyway. I, well, you know the story of why they called it Secret Wars, right? Uh, no, I don't. I, sh- I feel like I should do. Tell me. Uh, so the toy company, um, whoever had the license at the time, I'm trying to remember who it was that did the Marvel figures in the 80s. Um, toy Biz? Uh, toy I, Biz, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because I know Toy Biz did the 90s stuff. I'm not sure if they did the uh, 80s yeah, stuff or point. not. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, but whoever it was that had it, um, they just put a... Uh, uh, a test group together of like just young boys and they were just like what what words you know test best with boys aged like seven to twelve and the words were secret and wars and so they just put it together and they and so they were going to call their line of marvel toys secret wars and then jim shooter you know of course got word of this and jim shooter was like well we should you know it's like we'll do a tie-in uh, you know, uh, a tie-in maxi series in order to help promote the toys and the comics, and they can all, you know, synchro- synchronicity to to promote each other, and uh, and that's why Secret Wars exists. Well, and and, and the funny thing is, is that the comic series has nothing to do with the toys because the there are even characters in the toy line who aren't even really in the comic book, and vice versa. It, it's yeah. But that's that's why they did it. That's why they did it. Well, uh, it's a good that's job they didn't go. Well, it's a good job they didn't go for the thirteen to sixteen focus group. Otherwise, it would have had a whole different <laughs> title. That series. <laughs> boo boars. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Oh god, those action figures would have been very popular. Marvel's boo boars. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a, yesterday on the, when we recorded yesterday. We looked through the um, totally toys insert set from marvel ages and they're done mm-hmm. to look like the action figures and on each one of them it says Expl- exploding fists or retractable claws or something like that as the special kind of feature mm-hmm. of that particular toy yeah. so you can just imagine yeah. a retractable claws which is always yeah. fun yeah, yeah. so yeah, it was um, great uh, it was so much fun god that's was that it, good that put black me window ele- electric batons <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's brilliant. I love them. I love them. Absolutely That's love them. That's pretty great. Uh, 
All right, so uh, we 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 briefly brought up EPAC. So I'm debating on whether we should talk about EPAC at all because that's definitely something that like blew my mind when I uh, found out that it existed. <laughs> when I was like, oh, there's like this online digital card thing, and uh, you know, getting back into collecting and being like, oh, and that's actually where I got my first sketch card was through the EPAC. Uh, nice. Um, was was buying a box of buy one get one free of Marvel 2016, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I, and I got a sketch, and I was like, oh, this is my first sketch, and I believe that there's isn't there someone on the uh, on the group that collects uh, Captain Marvel sketches, yeah. Jim Riles, <laughs> and. Lovely and guy. I, I, I want to contact him and be like, hey, man, you want this one? But it's also my first sketch card ever. So I also don't want to get rid of it. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'm like, I'm like oh, I kind of want to, like, you know, let him have this because, you know, I'm not in love with Captain Marvel or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> the sentimental value of it being your first for sure. Yeah, It's yeah, like my no, first sketch that. ever. Yeah, uh, I think that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. What What are your guys' thoughts on the EPAC stuff? Because it, it's a bit odd that there's some you own, some that aren't physical cards, you know, and then you have to do the whole trading in order to get the special parallels and stuff. Uh, so what are your guys' there, thoughts there on going like, through that process? So, like, there is a little bit of a learning curve when you first start getting into EPAC. Um, I do think it's kind of what the future will be for a mm. lot of Marvel cards and other cards as well. Um, but for me, the reason it won me over, because, you know, at first it's kind of a pain to realize, you know what I mean? And I do wish there was like a little bit of a banner on the packs that said only digital or digitally redeemed, a way mm. for them to kind of categorize it so people can feel less nervous about making particular purchases. Because, you know, there's a lot of packs on there that are totally physical. Um, and so two things, one, there's no way I can find these cards in the wild. You Mm. know what I mean? I would have to order them from Dave and Adams or whatever other blowout, whatever it's going to be. Or I have to travel an hour to a sports card shop where they stick me in a corner. It's like, you're the Marvel guy here. Just come on over in the back. Just make sure no one looks at you. And then you can (laughs) buy packs or whatever, (laughs) you know? Um, so that's always really nice is the ease of accessibility type of thing. And then the second thing is the trading. Um, you know, it, it's when you start collecting modern Marvel cards, you realize very quickly that there's no way for you to know where something goes mm. or where it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's why Ian and I, you know, well, that's why I got really heavily in the groups because I was out of Facebook. I didn't do any social media at all. Yeah. And of course this this bastard here brought me into this and now i know everything about social media stuff and you know what i mean very very much exposed and there's a really great level of excitement when a product comes out and everyone's cracking packs and you can just see the marketplace flooded with cards you would mm. never be able to see sketch cards you would never be able to see one of ones you wouldn't be able to hunt mm. uh, special inserts that you wouldn't see it pulling a one box Mm -hmm. and i do think there is enough of that audience there and enough with epac achievements like with things you can do within the first week to get like a special thing where people are willing to trade with you um and that for me has made epac essential basically to the hobby because otherwise that experience would be null and void that would never you know that wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. yeah 
I think the other thing with EPAC is that you you kind of neatly contradicted it in your in in what you just said, Bill. Was you said um, digital cards, and then you said you pulled a sketch. Um, one of the common right. misconceptions with EPACs is that it's all digital because of of course Tops have a license to do Marvel cards, but it, they, I, I I lose the term cards um, very very. Uh, in all honesty, dismissively, um, because what the top system does is it, it, you just buy, buy effectively pictures of cards. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that the sale of digital assets is starting to be a thing with, you know, someone recently selling Jack Dorsey's first tweet on Twitter as an, as an NFT, NFT fungible token for like $4 million or whatever. So, so that you're, yeah, effective today, you're, you are buying something that doesn't actually exist um, right. uh, as, a, as a physical, tangible thing. So, um but with EPAC, yes, there's an... I just thought of this. It's basically a cryptocurrency. Effectively, effectively, <laughs> effectively speaking. But um, one of the... Um, one of the um, I don't know the details of it, but when we interviewed Jason uh, Masher, the president of Upper Deck, he, he touched on this and he said that for some platforms that have done digital cards in the past, one of the biggest... Um, issues is when the platform is sunset and retired and everyone instantly loses collections of tens of thousands mm. of cards they've spent money on and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because in the t's and c's it said that none of this is real stuff you know so mm-hmm. stuff um I, I don't know the full details of it and i'm i'm, I'm going from memory but it, um, folks can go back and have a listen anyway with epac of course they do put digital elements in there um and ultimately that's a a commercial and collectible driving thing because one of the things you realize with EPAC is that it is very, very, very using a lot of very tried and tested techniques of of making it um, gamifying the experience. So, um, and it, it rewards you for things. Um, mm-hmm. All the little touch points you get, like when you're playing a video game, especially an old 80s one, you, you get the little the little jingling noise when you jump on something and a coin pops out. That, that mm-hmm. has, it's been scientifically proven that that kind of thing has a, um, releases uh, drugs in the brain and actually inspires mm-hmm. you to carry on. Endorphins, repeat, probably. Yeah, yeah, and repeat the experience. Um, <laughs> And so, so EPAC kind of very, very nicely does that. But ultimately, the digital aspect of it aside, it is a way for Upper Deck to sell their physical product without having to go to the expense of distributing it to stores, mm-hmm. of making the boxes and of making the wrappers. Plus, mm. it, it binds the consumer loyalty to that platform because once their, their, their cards are on, let's just say you never open a, a product that contains digital elements and they're all physical cards. Your physical cards exist within that system until you choose to click the button to have them shipped home um but while they're in that system it's a closed loop system so when you, when you take your cards out of it you can't put them back in but while they're in there you can trade them peer to peer quite happily um and you know that's that's no small thing to develop that that kind of software and you know they've they've yeah. used um a financial um so uh, a company that builds um platforms for financial um institutions i believe uh, to build the platform so um i think it's i think it's it's great in that it, it allows that access to um, to do stuff. I mean, you can literally be sat on a commuter train and buy a pack 
open it and then trade. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so it opens up accessibility. I was definitely lying in bed buying some packs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 last night before I went to sleep, you know. Um, and, and people do. Um, and it's great. And you can you can show stuff off straight away. And, you know, the, 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 the downside of it, I guess, um, and someone put a very, very neat phrase. Someone said, when the music stops and it's time to have the card shipped home, then you have a sudden realization because you know because with the physical fulfillment of doing that someone still needs to go around a massive warehouse and actually pull the cards for you so with every physical card <laughs> there's a 25 cent fee which might not sound that much mm-hmm. but if you times that by a 100 card base set that's 25 dollars to have mm. that card just just someone to go and get that set put it together and then you've got the mm-hmm. shipping costs so i equate that to a booking fee when you're buying a, a rock and roll ticket for example you know, that is kind of mm-hmm. your booking fee. So a lot a lot of people don't see that. And for someone like me who has thousands of physical cards waiting to be shipped, plus I'm in the UK, um, it's quite <laughs> it's quite a daunting thing. Um but that said, you know, as Norman said, you can you can see stuff that you wouldn't otherwise see being opened. Um, you know, people can lock their cards straight away. So some stuff you may never see unless you happen to be looking at the site at that particular moment. Um but you can Yeah, also- I definitely yeah. reached out to someone for my first trade. Yeah. for something that they locked like as soon as after i uh yeah. messaged them they were like oh i didn't realize i didn't have that locked yeah and i was like oh i really wanted yeah. that yeah. I mean, some mm-hmm. people don't lock their stuff some people like to leave it visible and flex or just show off mm. or, you know and some people I, I i kid you not some people spend five figures a month on there or more um, there is one collector yeah. who is legendary. People speak of him in hushed tones, called Mister Fuck. <laughs> uh, hushed tones. <laughs> honestly, it's like it's, it's like a reverential air. No, it's true. Um, it's true. And he has spent uh, six figures on Fleer Ultra X Men on wow. EPAC, and he has he has he over has, half the product. Yeah, he right? has the majority of the product. And he's wow. going for a full set of every one and one and for most of the sketches. And we have yet to talk to him. I've made approaches and he's a really nice guy. He's really <laughs> busy. And at some point he'll he's come on nice. our show and, and talk to us. And he's really open if you if you do approach him. But he's just whatever his real world job is, it allows him a lot of income and it means that he's really yeah. busy with his time. And that's the only product he's been seen to go in for. So, you know, there are Wow. Um, uh, they're, they're known as whales, I think is the expression. Yeah, there are big spends on APAC <laughs> who, who hold a lot of product and they go in and buy a lot of product. And some people do it because they don't collect the product. They just do it because they can. And it, it, for them, it, if, they can, if you can put enough into it, you can make money from it. So... You know, so it really yeah. does like much like the real, the real world of cards. He says with fingers in the air, <laughs> it really does allow you to kind of cater to all elements of that market just for a different. Just it's a distribution platform for Upper Deck at the end of the day. Yeah, um, yeah. It's also incredibly it's- easy to spend too much. <laughs> I'll go back and correct myself. So it's worth pointing out that even like a non a non premium set. So, you know, I did the Marvel 2016 buy one get one, and I did a box. So I had two boxes, and right. um, uh, you know, like it's definitely worth it with the buy one get one. You know, it's like yeah, yeah it's like right, I'll yeah. I'll get a free box of cards. <laughs> um, yeah. and that's that's where I pulled the uh, the Captain Marvel sketch. And, um, nice. but it's worth pointing out that, uh, that 
you know, basically each pack had a physical card in it, you know, because yeah. each pack has um, some sort of, I don't know, what, what do you, what do you, what do you call those tiered cards that are not like super rare chase cards, but you get something in every pack um, uh, in, in the Marvel annual ones that tends to be, I think it's free digital base. Then you get a color parallel possibly, or an SP, which is usually in Marvel annual, it's usually card numbers one Oh one to one fifty. So an SP will always be a physical card. Um, and mm-hmm. then you'll usually get a physical chase card and or a hit um in place yeah um so you yeah do. so you know if you buy a box you're gonna get at least you know the because how many packs are in these boxes uh 16 oh, i'm looking yeah. at the box <laughs> um so you know you're gonna get at least 16 physical cards yeah if you buy a box yeah. and then you'll probably get you know more like 17 or 18 with like occasionally here or there you'll get an extra extra fancy short print or something like that yeah yeah actually i think all of the i think all of the short print base set are physical cards too that's right right right. yeah yeah yeah. so you'll definitely you'll definitely get probably close to you know like 20 or 30 actually yeah and you you should have enough of the digital version of the base set to combine because you you get um, with all those digital cards that every single one on the epac site whether it's for marvel or for sports or whatever you can combine multiple copies of that digital card to get a physical mm-hmm. version of it so so everything digital is a stepping stone to get a physical product um yeah. so you'll have probably had enough there to combine and get you know a physical version of it now with marvel annual one yeah. of the other things that one of the other things upper deck have done for for a number of sets um is that the base cards you can only get the physical version of the base card by buying the hobby box that goes into stores so those marvel Mm -hmm. annual base cards that are digital on epacs you can only get them in physical boxes uh but the digital base versions of them on epac you can combine to get a color wheel i think or something parallel um on the marvel annual sets and you can only get the color wheel parallel it's a shiny card yeah you can only get that (laughs) for epac so it's kind of like so they kind of split the product as well yeah across physical it's smart you know so it's you can you can get you would kind of have to do both in order to really get everything exactly uh smart on a business end at least you know and then yeah smart and like we said it caters to a a choose your own adventure of what kind of collector you want to be yeah Uh, Uh, but it it is i I like it yeah i've liked it a lot uh you know the only thing i wish is that they had an app <laughs> Which, they need to have an app i've said that yeah yeah definitely yeah well, apparently apparently the reason why upper deck doesn't do it is because uh of they built it not to be an app and so and the cost apparently is just so prohibitively expensive for them to then integrate their system into an app and i'm just like oh because i would love to just be like hanging out with my buds pull out my app and just like you know like you know tap phones to like you know, swipe a card and it lands on their app. You know, I'm like, I want to do that. Like it, it would be like what we used to do, uh, you know, sitting at, at the lunch table or at recess, you know, in school and just be like, Oh yes. man, let's like when we actually literally traded cards in real life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, 100%. I think my understanding of it is, is because they built and again, I think Jason touched on this when we spoke to him, but the, um, yeah. the, 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 
the purely digital system, uh, such as the Tops one, you could do that. But because of the fact that this has a physical product at its core, um, mm. if you take it and put it in an app environment, then it's no longer connected to that online central repository so if you lose your connection for a bit and then you're doing stuff in the app when it then talks to the main site you know you lose that that journey that that physical card has gone on mm-hmm. you effectively you have that you don't have a single source of truth if you put it in the app uh, gotcha. for that physical card's yeah. existence and where it is in its life cycle um so it kind of works in a i think it's kind of a similar to a blockchain technology and that it is is tracked um, and the other thing is as like you said they didn't build it to work as an app and so if they were going to make an app version of it they would actually not be making an app version they would have to completely rebuild the system from the ground up with different software Mm -hmm. and code yeah so so i'm sure one day it'll happen you know at some point i'm sure yeah absolutely it's going to get there that they're going to have to do it. You know, there's going to be a competitor or something that comes out with something or, you know, some some smart collector is going to create a system that works with their system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, someone's going to have to hack the system and be like, OK, let me just figure this out because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that, that tops have kind of come close to is this whole thing where they sell a product and then they only make the number of them that they sell. So if you kind of flip that on your he- on its head. Um, you could have a um, you could have cards made to order almost. Mm. Um, so yes, you can do all the digital stuff, and then when you choose to, you can then you know, have those cards actually physically made and or physically issued if you choose to. Yeah. Um, but of course, that wouldn't work on limited number parallel products and things like that, uh, or for sketch cards. Well, uh, well, I mean, I guess it would because you could still just do a limited number of of what what's allowed to be printed you know i guess and once they hit that number they would stop the print run yeah or i guess it wouldn't be a print run it would just be a <laughs> although i'm sure that would be much more expensive mm. too because you know just yes doing a print to order card you know uh they would have to use a non-plate system it's it's difficult because i mean yeah again i go back to to what Mike was telling us, there's only a, a certain number of facilities in the US now that are capable of producing cards to the quantity, That's to the right. quality that they're, they're required. Um, and mm. all of the major card manufacturers use these few facilities because it's it's a, mm-hmm. a, not a dying breed, but it's um, there's less demand for it in the world because of print yeah. being uh, you know, a declining medium um, in a lot of sense. Yeah, and I do, I do have to say, though, that coming back to cards and physical cards for the first time just last year uh since like 1996 probably was the last like i i stopped buying cards in 96 and then 2020 was when i bought physical cards again so big long break but uh coming back and the quality of the cards like the physical cards themselves i'm just blown away by it yeah compared to what it used to be it's so good even the non-premium sets the card quality yeah. is amazing yeah, uh, really, I'm like they really just nice. feel good to hold. They're very sad. I like I like the premium stock. Yeah, hmm. I, I like yeah, and even the non-premium stock. I like the thicker cards. I think they feel they feel they feel like they have like tangible weight to them as well mm-hmm. as like you weight. Um, but yeah, I do I really mean, like them as well. Know, uh, look, Marvel great. Masterpieces Ooh. 2020, and look at the, the. I mean, it's thick. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful, and that's serial number two. 1,499, that's card 893. 
Nice. Right. But they're beautiful, you know. But they, I love you, Kitty you can't Pride. knock. <laughs> who doesn't? Ah, she's so cool. Who doesn't? You know, who doesn't or love a, a Kate Pride? <laughs> who doesn't love a lady that can go through walls and has a dragon sat on her shoulder? <laughs> Coolness. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been trying to look for a Kitty Pride sketch that's within my budget and has Lockheed in the image. <laughs> Which has been which has been tough because the ones with it's Lockheed tough. in the image tend to be a little bit more expensive for some reason. I mean, Probably because yeah, people want it. One. Um, yeah, you yeah. can. It's a tough you can, one. You can commission someone. That that's a possibility as well. That's an avenue I haven't walked down yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a, that's a door to open. Um, but no, I mean, there's some there's some <laughs> there's artists out there. You know, obviously artists charge a, a range of prices for their stuff, but um, mm-hmm. you can certainly um, find some very um, affordable ones. Well, really, it's just about convincing my my co-host Sean to do it at some point for me, you know, like for a birthday or something. Because he he he's an artist; he hasn't done sketch cards or anything, but uh, he does commissions and whatnot. And and I'm just like, I'm like, come on, man, just start drawing me stuff. And he's like, Are you going to pay me? And I'm like, Eventually, uh, <laughs> down the line, you'll you'll see some money coming your way yeah. in yeah. some way. You've got, you've got co-hosts; if they club together. I'm sure they can afford to get you an official license. Um, <laughs> I think I can do that if they club together. Um, so what do they go after, your co-hosts? I mean, they're not here to speak for themselves, but you normally do your show with two other fellas. So Yeah. Um, so, so Sean is actually not really much of a card collector. He's a comic book guy, um, and we wanted to have an artist on the show to talk because we're, we're not – as much about the collecting aspect as we are about just talking about the sets and the art and the characters and the storylines around it. Like that's really, we go down rabbit holes of just the, of just, you know, Oh, what was going on in 1993 that they created this card, you know, like for this set, um, you know, who the hell is this, uh, who the hell is this widget guy from, from Excalibur, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, what, what, what is this doing in, drawn by Jim Lee. Why would he draw that? And, you know, I love it. <laughs> uh, so we talk a lot about that stuff, but we wanted to have an artist on because we wanted someone who could talk about the art in an artistic way, you know, and knows what he's talking about when, when we're like, Oh yeah, that card looks shitty. And he could be like, yeah, well, you know, the anatomy is this and that, and those kinds of things. And, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he could actually talk about drawing and sketching and, uh, inking and coloring and all that stuff. Like he, he does all that stuff. So, Oh, that's um, phenomenal. Yeah, so he hasn't done a lot of collecting. He has some cards, and uh, but he doesn't have a ton. Um, ben is very much, uh, you know, he he's just like he's just like, yeah, I just bought cards whenever I saw them, you know, my entire life, you know, just a pack here, a pack there, and his collection is very much just like a binder full of random cards you know it's just like he, he just put them in the binder and and he loves the characters um although he does he does he like he has his page of ghost rider you know because he's like i love ghost rider so i've got a page of ghost rider um yeah and that that's how he's collected and all three of us because you know when we started the podcast all three of us weren't actively collecting mm. <laughs> we were we were really just using it as an excuse to talk about characters and cards or and comics you know characters and yeah. comics and art and and then you know we kind of found out that there's still a very active community 
you know, that's out there doing the sets. And then I've definitely been more getting back into it than they have. But, uh, you know, it's definitely been a, uh, uh, an odd thing, you know, it's like we're all three of us were really into are, are, are really into comics and, me and Ben were super into the cards in the nineties when we were kids. So, you know, doing, doing the, uh, the card podcast to me was going, uh, well, what's something that's not just reviewing a comic book. Cause there's a million podcasts out there that just review a comic book right. that we can do. That's more unique. And so far as I know, you guys are the only other <laughs> superhero trading card podcast that I know of. Do you guys know of any others? Um, well, superhero, n- no. I mean, we, I think we were the, I, I believe we were the first Marvel one. Um, mm-hmm. but the, um, there is, <laughs> sorry, someone's just sent something funny on my phone. Let me turn that over. That's hilarious. Um, uh, I'll send it to you afterwards because it is rather quite funny, but not for public consumption. Um, and that really put me off, so we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. Edit that out. Um, okay. I, uh, what was the question again? So uh, there, there is um, there is a Star Wars card. That's group. it, Rebel mm-hmm. base card. Rebel base card by our good friend Greg, mm-hmm. and I am not even sure how we met up with him. You met up with him first, right? Ian? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he started doing his Instagram, and then and then started doing a podcast. So I think he'd already planned. He's always planned to do the podcast. But I think he yes. started doing the Instagram as a way to build up an audience to then talk mm. to. Um, and he's probably been going a little bit longer than us. I think he started about three or four I think months so. before us. Um, and he's, yeah, and he's just brilliant. He's what great. He does. And, yeah. you know, we've, really we've, great. we've been on his uh, a couple of times and, and vice versa. So, um, but he, that's for the Star Wars community. And there, there's so much crossover there. Um Mm-hmm. In terms of the artists and yeah. the, and and the fandom yeah. as well, so uh, but beyond that, yeah. I, not many others. There are there are, you, you can throw a rock and you'll hear a sports card podcast. Right. I mean, they're all over the shop. Tons yeah, of that's true. I've noticed that. Um, yeah, and and really well established ones with like five six figure followers and listeners. Yeah, you know, it's a massive, massive scene compared to mm-hmm. um, even Star Wars and, and Marvel is probably the smallest. I'd say Marvel's smaller than Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's sports cards, magic, Pokemon, Star Wars, Marvel. Yeah. All the all the Reddit communities are all about like Pokemon and yeah. and magic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. I don't know. I, I love Magic the Gathering, but uh, Magic the Gathering, oh, that's a real rabbit hole if you become a collector of oh, Magic hell. the Gathering. It's so awful. <laughs> that's a that's a fight and a half. And we've gotten, we've had really good friends because um, the artist for tw- uh, Marvel Masterpiece 2020, Dave Palumbo, is an MTG artist mm-hmm. uh, for that card series as an illustrator as well outside of that. But um, that's when Ian and I started diving into that whole that whole crew and that's when we got some major crossover and we have we a good have friend johnny we didn't have much choice yeah they we did yeah they just, <laughs> we were like we're gonna put down the drawbridge no and then we just <laughs> flew over the moat um but yeah so it's been kind of fun to see what that world's about i don't mean have the mental capacity for that one man that's yeah. just next level i mean I love playing the game, but I can't imagine trying to like collect it because, you know, they, they put out four sets a year 
you know, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's then there's, there's just so much product and, and they've been doing four sets a year since like 1993, basically, mm. you know, it's, or probably like 95 was when they started that level of putting out wow. sets, but still, you know, it. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of, man. Yeah. yeah Pokemon's the same way too, man. Pokemon yeah. is just massive, massive, massive. Although I definitely kick myself because, you know, I started, I started playing, uh, I started playing Magic in like 97, but I was around comic shops in 1993. I could have been buying, you know, those alpha sets and getting those $100,000 uh, black lotuses. You know, it's like, like I just looked at them on the shelf. I was like, I don't know what that is. And I didn't buy them, you know, and I'm like, oh, I could have had so many of them. Yeah. Same thing with Pokemon, because I never played Pokemon. The card I played game. tons of Pokemon. Yeah. I played po- Yeah. So it was it, I, MTG. I learned later in life i actually just recently learned about that a couple of years ago because mm. i had a friend who was like massively into it and i always love the art because i mm-hmm. love the whole supernatural ghost stuff and i'm just like fuck yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> teach me teach me the game man um so i literally recently learned that and love the game very much but you know can't can't dive too far into another hobby but yeah i did play pokemon as a kid i did the games with the link cable like i was all about mm. pokemon um and did the trading cards and still have a couple of my originals mm-hmm. but man i just you know i just wasn't one of those kids that were like getting boxes you know mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we talked a little bit about that i was around kids who would like get boxes but even i as a little kid was like looking at my parents like yeah don't spend over a hundred dollars for a box that's crazy right. What's wrong with you? yeah yeah it's like <laughs> i'd much rather have like a few video games you know <laughs> yeah i'll take like a silver surfer comic book or a rare collectible or like one of those watches like that's cool like a silver surfer watch and when like, i was in had, like oh go ahead no, 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 no. That's it. Literally. <laughs> uh, and when I was in the comic shop, you know, I'd be falling for the trap of like, uh, let me get all these shiny covered comic books for like four or five bucks a piece. <laughs> yes. Yes. I Not realizing that the cheaper trading cards are probably more valuable in the long run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Silver Surfer 75th issue is uh-huh. like Surfer covered in chrome yeah and all the different heads of all the characters are behind them all the different portraits uh-huh. and my ass flipped out i was like yeah i'll pay 550 for that i love it and now <laughs> that you get them anywhere i'm like ah oh, i fell for the wrong shiny thing damn yeah yeah <laughs> it's my second printing of death of superman doesn't really go for much nowadays <laughs> Oh, Death of Superman. Oh, man, that was everywhere. That was a good read. Yeah. That. that was a good read. I mean, I didn't buy many DC comics growing up, but I got that one. Um, and I've still, I've, got, I've still got a bagged one with the black armband and everything like that. But uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, got the, I've got the return. I've got the white bagged uh, uh, Adventures of Superman oh, nice. 500, I think that was. Nice. Um, where, where it's, you know, that he comes back to life and then all the next issues with all the die cut covers with the, uh, with the S's uh, oh. of the four return, Reign of Superman. <laughs> Uh, oh yes yeah yes got all of those uh, <laughs> which you know there's a billion of those out there so you know they're they're not exactly valuable although there are a lot of people who would try to tell you nowadays that they are one valuable day. one day yeah uh you know uh, Just not although i don't think they'd get very good grades uh <laughs> because you know my my grubby 10 year old hands are all over them so I did not keep anything nice when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I reread them a thousand times. So, you know, spines are all cracked and everything. It's, it is what it is, whatever. I, I don't, you know, also, uh, I don't know, because I grew up in the nineties, I kind of got very disillusioned by the idea of finding collectibles and instead enjoying and learning to enjoy the experience of just having these things, you know? And I think that's why I collect cards the way I do is because I'm just like, yeah, I just want the set, you know? It's, it's, I don't want to go through all the work of, you know, I was, I was a very, very not wealthy kid, you know? <laughs> and Same. it's not only was I a kid, but, you know, my family wasn't very wealthy and it was like, yeah, no, no one's going to give me the money to buy all these crazy collectibles. And, you know, I, 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 I was like, I'm going to enjoy these characters and stories instead was what mm-hmm. the enjoyment that I got out of it. So, you know, and that's I still the it. enjoyment I get out of it today. Cool. That's yeah. Awesome. Can't that's say good. further than that. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, my, my final note bullet point of a conversation topic that, you know, we're talking about things being valuable. So, uh, I have to get your guys take on the current, uh, collector's bubble, especially when it comes to the Marvel trading cards that has been going on. Cause prices have been skyrocketing, um, seems to have kind of leveled off now, mm-hmm. but it's leveled off at a higher level than what it was even six months ago. You know, it's my story is I went on eBay. I got a, a sealed box of 1993 Marvel masterpieces for $60 on eBay in September, in September, I got it for $60. That was a little low for then, you know, it was still going for like 70, 80 from some people, but I got it from $60 from one person. And, uh, now you go on eBay, look it up and it's like 300 bucks. So, you know, the, the sealed product has gone up. Individual cards have gone up. There's been uh, a lot of chatter about getting things graded. Um, in order for resale value because grading improves the resale value, which to me, I don't quite understand. You know, it's like, uh, it's like we, uh, you know, you, you, you have a card and then for some reason putting a, getting someone to put a number on it makes it like 10 times more valuable, (laughs) which I'm being a little facetious there. Um, (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I, I understand why people do it, but also at the same time, it's like a little upsetting that, you know, it it like that, that people do that and like bump up the price so much. Um, so, uh, basically my question is what's your guys take on it? How do you feel about the current, the current increase in attention for the things that you've been collecting for years now? I'm going to let Ian go first. Roll back. I know you said you have to go soon, so why don't Um, don't you give your thoughts and then we'll close things up? um, Yeah, I think think just on this current boom, I think if someone – it's kind of like what happens in the stock market. Someone speculates and says, "Okay, go and buy this, and then you'll be able to, you know, sell it and and do all that." I think I think there's an element of that that started it off. I think once you get past that point, there is certainly an element of people who were probably inflating prices on eBay. But I think you're at the point now whereby FOMO kicked in, and so some people actually started paying those prices, and then that kind of balance tips. There are fewer people pushing the stuff, and then mm-hmm. more people actually buying into it and buying it. Yeah. So it becomes a, a, a hype. It becomes a thing. It becomes a bubble. Um, 
I think prices will end up being higher than they were before this bubble. Um, I think the big crunch will come on the grading side because the grading companies are completely overwhelmed. Um, Mm. They're taking on more staff. Who knows who these staff are? Um, There's only going to be a limited amount they can grade because of the COVID protocols they've all got in place. So um, it actually becomes a very difficult thing. So you're going to come to a point where, where there is a massive, massive backlog, millions of cards at these grading companies. And when they eventually do start to work through the system, I'm wondering what in the way of the market will have waited. Because it's going to take you months to get anything back from any of the grading car companies, you know, up mm-hmm. to a year in some cases. So, um, I mean, I'm if if people want to do it, that's fine. If, if they want to, if they want to go for it, if they want to buy the high, pay the high prices, let them. If people want to want to sell for those sort of prices, let them. Um, my where I get uneasy is people coming in who have no skin in the game or passion or connection for and or who aren't part of the Marvel car community who yeah. are coming in and just parasitically feeding off it in order to, to, to make buck. I, I find that um, distasteful, but I, I, you know, that's just me. I agree with that wholeheartedly, you know, and it's so sad that, that people do that, that they just come in just to make money, just to turn things over. And it was so, that that's the hardest thing for me in this current field to, you know, not get jaded about it like I did yeah. in the nineties, you know, being like, oh, just, you know, all these people who are just going after the chase cards, the mm-hmm. comic shop owners pulling the chase cards away, you know, from kids like me. And you know, and, and I've got disposable income, but I'm not rich. You know, it's like I do this because I enjoy it and part of like I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason I got back into collecting was because I was like, hey, this is not an expensive hobby and it's something that I enjoy a lot. Mm. And, you know, having prices go up like that really, really stinks. Uh, One of the problems with the podcast was we started doing videos because I was buying up old boxes and I would do box breaks Mm. because I'm like, it's not that expensive. It's easy content. It's fun. I really enjoy it. But now I've stopped doing it because I can't buy the old sealed product anymore. It's too expensive to do like to do a video a couple times every month. You know, (laughs) like it's way too expensive for me. It's a big buy in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I'm, I'm glad that you have that point of view of that. You know, it's yeah, it's it it stinks that there's some people that are driving it up who aren't a part of it, you know. If you're a part of it and it's driving up naturally, you know, because things are becoming more popular. Yeah. I don't mind that as much. (laughs) I think, I think as well, it's all, it's all down to whether you um, are in it for investment or just to own the cards. And some people uh, are both and, you know, would like to think that their collection will hold a financial worth. I always like Mm. to separate worth and value because value is subjective and what it means to you in terms of value Mm. and what it's worth. However, on, on a market is, is um, a separate thing. And for many people, they're intrinsically linked. Um, one of the other issues I, I personally, I just think it's a thing to do, is when people deliberately go after something that is maybe a little bit limited, but they just quietly just buy them up mm. and then sit on them in mm. order to, 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 you know, short, short, is short is that expression? But anyway, to just um, Jack up. corner that market. Yeah. And, and yeah. they've got no, the only reason they're doing it is to make money for themselves in the long mm-hmm. term. And and 
and some people do it and some people you know do it quite openly in the group you can do that that's fine um i think it's a shitty thing to do because it denies <laughs> other collectors having a copy of that card the response yeah. is well if they can spend that money they can have a copy of that card and i'm like uh, <laughs> off yeah yeah especially you know you massive <laughs> lord <laughs> especially i mean i think that Marvel cards definitely are a more it's probably much more adults collecting nowadays uh but it, it let's be honest we are more or less encroaching on a product that is designed for a younger audience you know and or is accessible and is meant to be accessible comic books and their assorted things that go alongside it superheroes you know this is something that is supposed to be accessible to a younger audience as well as an older audience and doing that kind of stuff like really screws over like it makes the barrier to entry much greater which sucks and i think i think a lot of that's going to be combated in the next year mm-hmm. with Upper Deck. And I think there are products that are going to come out that are different price points. We've seen that with Annual. We've seen that with Anime. We've seen that a little bit with Marvel Ages, where it is so massive that people can kind of dive in and you know kids can get into collecting it without necessarily having to reach those high price points. Um, Star yeah. Wars does this extremely well with their sets. You know, mm-hmm. There's premium sets with Star Wars and sets of Star Wars that are in Targets and Walmart. Um, I think Upper Deck understands that and i think there are maybe plans in the future to create balance to something Mm -hmm. like that um to bring balance to the force to bring balance (laughs) to the force no for me though i think i'm very happy it's happening i'm very happy to see yeah i am i really am i'm happy that marvel cards are finally (sighs) getting to be one of the big non-sport names you know i've always believed Mm. it was you know what yeah. I mean? I, I, and I like the exposure and I like the people I like, you know, I've met a lot of friends through this, a lot of good people. And some people who do come in here are bastards, like Ian mentioned, 100%. But some people who are coming in are have genuine feelings about this. Like, look, man, I just noticed the popularity. I kind of like to dive in. I do have money to spend, but, you know, I don't want to be taken for a ride either. I just, I like to enjoy this. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting into it because it's popular now and I've yeah. been away. You know what I mean? Like all of us, you know, I mean, it's, it's very different how you come back into a hobby sometimes. Sometimes it's the popularity of something. Sometimes it's on a whim. Sometimes it's just by mm-hmm. chance or you have a friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you just don't know the circumstances. Um, In terms of the grading, I think the grading is important. I know, I know other people don't. And, you know, I I just think it's, I think it's a great way to preserve some of these older 90 sets that to be Mm. quite honest, no one's given a about for years, right? Decades. No one's cared about 1990 Marvel at all. It was a year ago. You'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, how much is your set worth? Next to nothing. The Next cardboard nothing. it's printed on, you know? Exactly. Uh, Overproduced. Like, remember when all this stuff happened? Everyone was like, oh, man, how can you say there's value to a mass-produced set? And, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. grading kind of ensured that there was value to a set that is really – and, you know, Ian has a great point about value and – um Oh gosh, worth, worth, worth right? Which worth. I which I really admire, and I appreciate him saying yeah. that because it is true. There's there's a very big difference there. Um, I do like 
the opportunities that are going to now come up, even though I know there's a lot of being taken away, but I do like the opportunities that are approaching us with like, I'm, I just got vaccinated and I'm going to be able to go to card shows, which I never did as a kid lucky because <laughs> I know, I know I'm super, I'm very fortunate, very, very lucky. And, um, you know, I'm going to be able to like go to a card show for the first time and kind of like dive into that world, which I never had been able to do as a kid because I grew up extremely poor and uh, my sister has special needs. So I was taking care of her a lot when I was in school, you know, at home. Mm. So, and I, you know, it just wasn't things I was thinking of doing back in the day or felt like I had the free freedom to do. Um, mm-hmm. but now, you know, I kind of can, and I'm looking forward to like going to a card show and be like, Oh wow, look, there's four vendors with Marvel cards. Not just the <laughs> one guy with two or three. Who's like, yeah, I just have this sitting in the back if interested. Um, I'm excited. Well, my hope, my hope is that I can go to a uh, flea market and get some Marvel cards <laughs> Yes, because uh, we actually did an episode where the idea was, it was like, Hey, let's go to this. There's a big flea market right by my house. Like huge, probably the biggest in New it's Jersey. It's not Collingswood, is it? Uh, no, it's Columbus. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Collingswood is more South of us, I think. Yeah. That's the um, one that the tell them Steve Dave guys go to. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why um, I know that one. And, and, uh, and I and I was like, let's walk around, let's see what we can find. Like, I'm sure we're gonna find some some trading cards, some old trading cards. And honestly, we found almost no superhero trading cards. Uh, the only ones we found was one person had a binder of just like really random stuff, and it was like checklists, you know. And uh, I, I did find a complete set of GI Joe trading cards that I kind of oh, wish I had wow. bought now. Like I should have bought it. I was like, why don't I buy oh. that? Um, <laughs> and uh, but we found plenty of comics, but no superhero trading cards and so my hope is that i can go to a flea market and find someone with just a random box of god i hope uh of cards we actually did an entire episode just describing our day of failing at finding that's superhero trading cards it was i gotta listen to that one that sounds awesome yeah we found a lot of uh we found a lot of sealed um desert storm trading cards Mm. so random. yes they had desert storm trading yeah cards. they did they did that's i hilarious. believe they had two sets actually they did because <laughs> there, there's uh it was operation desert storm and what's the other one there's two um, different things oh, it was desert, desert storm and something else windy desert or <laughs> windy yeah. desert. Yeah. i love that that should be <laughs> a thing that's yeah. great uh uh heat stroke or something yeah, I don't operation know. where's um, my oil <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yep. uh but they did do trading cards of that and we found whole boxes and sealed packs of that it was funny that's um awesome. yeah <laughs> so that's my hope but yeah doing the doing the the card shows and stuff and hopefully at comic cons and things like that yeah. finding more yeah, trading man. cards too See um, some like, I mean, I'm advertisements, sure. like, po- you know what I mean? Like fun yeah. stuff, all the cool stuff mm. that comes with any po- popular mm. new trend, you know? I mean, it's yeah. great for the visibility of the hobby. hobby. You know, I've I've, oh, yeah. I've challenged people on Twitter and this, you know, so I, Marvel cards are back and I reply with a podcast account and say, they never went away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you all did. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. they've, they've been consistently, apart from some years in the early noughties, they've been consistently Marvel trading cards, multiple sets put out every year since 2005. 
Yeah. Yeah, tons of fun yeah. stuff out there to find. You know, lots and lots of really high-quality sets before the Upper Deck era, so, you know. I'd say that they kind of went away in the late 90s just because Marvel declared bankruptcy and yeah. had to sell off Lear. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they were still movie-related ones. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, you had Incredible Hulk mm. stuff, you know, the Ang Lee yeah. movie. Uh, don't make me Ang Lee. You wouldn't like me when I'm Ang Lee, um, that one. <laughs> Um, I always <laughs> like putting that joke out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you had various other ones coming out, and then of course, uh, Rittenhouse picked up picked up the baton there. But yeah, I mean, Marvel going under obviously didn't didn't help things. Okay, so I mean, uh, that's the end of all of my bullet points for things to talk about. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting. <laughs>